It's the 2022 World Cup. It's the squad update for Spain. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Bells Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be updating Spain's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, well, the final selections have been out for a little while, and this is the promised update media cast where we look at the selections, the non-selections, the surprises, and the injury updates that we made in our full team podcast, uh, where we went through all candidates and gave career and participation for uh, participation information and predicted uh, each player's likelihood of making the squad. So today we'll check how accurate our predictions were and we'll update recent uh, games. Uh, check the show notes for links to that full player podcast as well as the group media uh, cast where we took a close look at the teams, uh, their history and their chances in this tournament. All right, let's get started with Spain. Uh, just a quick note though, if you want the short version, you can jump to the end where we give a summary of uh, selections and injuries and reassess our predictions of the starters. So, uh, all right, well, I am wearing a, um, well, I'm wearing a shirt uh, in memory of the famous um, incident known to few, in fact, um, the uh, 1587 um, incident between Spain and Canada where a group of uh, Canadian pirates uh, ambitiously attacked a Spanish galleon uh, carrying gold back to Spain and um, you know they got on board with their grappling hooks and it looked like a big fight was going to break out and uh, instead a soccer game broke out so this was considered to be the first uh, soccer game of history actually invented by the Canadians and the Spanish uh, working things out. There were swords involved, but also uh, a ball of sorts. And uh, this story is not in any history books. It comes down through uh, one of the men on the ship, the uh, the port midfielder, who uh, affectionately is known by his uh, crewmates as uh, Pierre the Fabricator. And, um, okay, okay, none of none of that is true there's there's no such story i'm just making up a story to cover the fact that i don't have a spanish shirt and have to wear this canadian shirt instead i apologize spanish fans at least i uh, went for the same colors though as the spanish shirt so i think i should get some credit for that all right let's move on to formations uh and uh, we are focused on the recent friendlies the uh, uh two games in september and one game in november and um but we are going to kind of look at the uh at the lineups and uh, this is pretty easily done uh their formation is always a uh 4-3-3 uh, so we don't need to talk that much about that. And it's pretty easy to kind of envision uh, where the players line up on the field. But we will talk a little bit about those games. So, uh, sorry, they weren't friendlies in um, September. They were two Nations League games. The the uh, uh, the last two Nations League games, the first having been played, the first four having been played in June. 
the first September game was at home, uh, but it was a, a 2-1 loss to Switzerland. And the second one was away in Portugal, and that was a one nothing win. And uh, in terms of their Nations League, then they finished first in their group ahead of Portugal, Switzerland, and Czech Republic. Uh, the November game was a kind of a preparation game in Jordan uh, against Jordan, and um, it was a 3 nothing win. Again, a 4-3-3 lineup there. And uh, in all three of those games, uh, the players we saw were not experimentative. Uh, generally, these were all players uh, intended for the World Cup uh, squad. And uh, we're going to see as we go here that a lot of times they're rotating uh, positions. So all of those players were kind of uh, starters or potential starters uh, in terms of that rotation. So a few things worked out. Uh, you know, Emmerich Laporte, for example, uh, came back from injury, so was uh, kind of tried out in the November game as a substitute. And uh, a couple of small things like that, kind of working out some details, but uh, certainly not kind of um, uh, searching for players in the September or November game. Okay, let's uh, move on and uh, we'll talk about the um, squad. So we, we have basically the list that we had from the previous podcast where we uh, we categorize players into their likelihood of making the squad. So uh, definite, likely, possible, possible, but unlikely and so on. So now we're going to uh, go through that squad and say which ones made it. So we'll begin by first listing names, and then we will say who made it and who didn't. Uh, Spain did have a 45-man preliminary squad, so we'll also say which players made that preliminary squad too. And uh, we'll finish with kind of a summary of the position. Uh, and then at the end of the uh, media cast, at the very end, we go through that list again and uh, predict starters. We did that uh, for the full version um, but maybe we got some insights that make us uh, rethink uh, our opinion. So that'll uh, end the podcast here. I keep saying podcast, but I'm supposed to say media cast because it includes the YouTube, um, you know, YouTube. So uh, anyway, uh, we do have um, manager Louis Enrique, and we went through some of the managers prior to him, but we'll keep it short here. Louis Enrique has been manager of the national team since 2019. And um, so uh, we consider him as having <laughs> having made the squad. Um, Spain has in the past actually gotten rid of, rid of managers shortly before. So um, it, it wasn't guaranteed. Okay, uh, for goalkeepers, we have uh, two candidates as definite. That's Unai, uh, Unai Simon or Unai Simon and uh, Robert Sanchez. Likely candidate, uh, David Rea. Uh, possible but unlikely candidates, uh, David De Gea and uh, Arno Tenas. And uh, seemingly off the squad, Kepa Arizabalaga. So um, despite a valiant effort and a few good games with Chelsea, uh, um, I think in October, uh, Kepa Arita Balaga was not selected, and nor were the two, uh, oops, nor were the two possible but uh, unlikely candidates, David De Gea and uh, Arnaud Tenas. 
So that leaves the three uh, candidates who made the squad, Unai Simon and Robert Sanchez and uh, David Rea, David Rea. Uh, and we'll summarize the position by saying um, Simon has always been the starter, which is actually rarely the case with uh, Spain, who, se who seem to rotate uh, all positions except for goalkeeper or most positions. Uh, Simon started uh, all the games except for a single friendly, um, as we noted in the previous podcast. In, in the... Uh, in the recent games, it was Simone in the September friendlies, those Nations League games, but Robert Sanchez got a start uh, in the November friendly. So we'll see uh, at the end whether that affects our prediction uh, that we made in the previous podcast. Podcast, media cast. Okay, let's move on to the defense, uh, central defenders. So we have a definite candidate in Pau Torres. Three likely candidates in Eric Garcia, Emmerich Laporte, and Inigo Martinez. And uh, one possible candidate in Diego Lorente. And uh, two players uh, seemingly off the squad, Raul Albiol and Sergio Ramos. Again, we gave all the bio biographical information on these players in the full-length podcast. Uh, so we're just dealing with names here. Uh, in terms of um, the... Uh, players who made it, so Pau Torres, the definite candidate, did make it. Eric Garcia, Emmerich Laporte, uh, two of the likely candidates made it, but Inigo Martinez did not. He was selected for the preliminary squad, but didn't make the final cut. Um, a possible candidate, Diego Lorento, same thing. Uh, he made the preliminary squad, but not the final cut. Uh, and that was the case, too, with Sergio Ramos, who uh, we thought was off the squad. But he was named to the preliminary squad, but is not going to be at the cup. Finally, uh, Raul Al Albiol uh, was not selected even for the preliminary squad. So that leaves us with uh, just the three candidates there, Pau Torres, Eric Garcia, and Emmerich Laporte as central defenders. And we'll finish by summarizing the position. It seems um, uh, Laporte is used when available, but uh, it's it's been um, before the selection of rotes, uh, a rotation of these three players, um, uh, as well as Lorente, who wasn't selected. Um, uh, yeah, so um, in the September games, it was Pau Torres twice, and he was paired with Garcia in the first game, and actually defensive midfielder Hugo Guillamon in the second uh, September friendly. So I wonder if uh, um, it's going to be out of, well, it would have to be out of position players uh, as backup. I'm surprised they brought so few central defenders. Uh, Laporte was back for the November friendly, but uh, to my surprise, uh, he played left back. Um, and it was Garcia and Torres uh, who played in the center. So um, we'll talk about how that affects our view of the possible starters at the end. Okay, well, moving on to left backs, uh, we do have Jordi Alba as a definite candidate and Marcus Alonso as a likely candidate and possible candidate, candidates Jose Luis Gea and Sergio Reguillon. 
and uh, uh, Jordi Alba did make the squad, the definite candidate. However, uh, surprisingly, uh, Marcus Alonso, the likely candidate, did not. So that kind of went against our expectations. Uh, Jose Luis Gea did make the squad, but I have more to say about that. And um, uh, Sergio Regbion uh, did not. Uh, he was struggling uh, with a bit of injury. Uh, but it's difficult to say whether the injury or simple non-selection uh, was the reason. So, um, yes, we said we would update that. Uh, and so I should actually update it. Uh, he had a, a groin muscle injury since May with an unknown return date uh, when we did the initial podcast. He did return in late October, uh, but he had last played for the national team a full year earlier. So uh, he was probably barely considered. And uh, we have to rule this as a selection decision since he, he was... Uh, he was um, off the injury list and was not selected. So that's Sergio Reguillon. Uh, meanwhile, um, Jose Luis Gea was uh, selected for the squad and he picked up an ankle injury in training. So that was after he flew to Qatar to train with Spain. Uh, and it was only a 10-day injury, not a serious injury, but it does rule him out of two games. So he was replaced. And he was replaced by... Um, the new candidate, uh, Alexander, uh, Alexandro Balde. So uh, Alexandro Balde uh, kind of coming into the squad as a replacement and uh, Jose, Luis, Jose Luis Gea out. All right, well, let's summarize the uh, position here. So uh, really it was uh, Alonso uh, and, and uh, Marcos Alonso and Alba sharing the position, uh, the position typically, or traditionally it's uh, Jordi Alba's position. But as I said, uh, Spain seemed to be rotating a lot of positions. And um, uh, it was uh, Jordi Alba and Gea who uh, played the September friendlies, one each. And as we mentioned, uh, Emmerich Laporte played the position in the November friendly. So Alonso was conspicuously absent even from the September games. Uh, he wasn't called up. So the writing on the wall uh, uh, was kind of there that he wouldn't be selected. Uh, okay, let's move on to right backs. And here we have a definite candidate in Cesar Azpilicueta and a likely candidate in Danny Carvajal, and a possible candidate in Pedro Porro. So uh, Cesar Azpilicueta did uh, make the squad, and uh, Danny uh, Carvajal was also selected, but uh, Pedro Porro was not selected, uh, not even for the preliminary squad. So that leaves us these two candidates. And in summary of the position, once again, we see the position kind of being shared or rotated uh prior to the uh or or up to the june 2022 games uh and then uh the same continued into the recent friendlies with uh azpilicueto and carvajal each starting one of the september friendlies and it was carvajal uh in the november friendly okay on to uh, midfielders and the defensive midfielders we have definite candidate sergi busquets and uh, Rodri, and as a possible candidate, uh, Hugo Guillemot. 
So uh, let's see who made it. And it was uh, Sergio Busquets making the final spot and Rodri, uh, both of them. And uh, Hugo Guillemont also made the squad. So uh, I wonder if he is kind of a backup uh, central defender uh, there to uh okay so all of them making it and we won't summarize the position until we cover the central midfielders here because the uh, positions overlap to a degree um for the central midfielders we have definite candidates in carlos solar and uh gavi uh well gavi is um uh denoted as a central midfielder, but we are going to move him to right midfielder uh, for the discussion there. So uh, uh, definite candidate, but um, we'll have him, we'll discuss him under right midfielders. Okay, uh, so um, let's go back and we have likely candidate Marcos Lorente, but we're gonna move him to uh, right midfielders uh, here. Um, also okay so that leaves us with possible candidate uh sergi roberto and uh we have possible but unlikely candidates Mikel marino and fabian ruiz and then we have uh thiago alicantara alicantara who uh we put as seemingly off the squad so indeed he is off the squad he was not selected so we'll remove him from the list and uh, Ru uh fabian ruiz was not selected even for the preliminary squad Mikel marino was selected for the preliminary squad but didn't make the final cut and uh, the same is true of sergi roberto but uh, an injury played into it so i'll just update that injury uh, he was out with a muscle injury problem in mid-september but actually he recovered from that and returned to play in early october however he was then hit with a shoulder injury in late october and has been out since then so um he was never a strong candidate as you can see uh, just a portable level here uh, so it's uh, tough to say if he would have made the squad but uh, that injury kind of put the matter to rest. So among the central midfielders, we only have uh, Carlos Sola left standing. Uh, but now let's summarize the uh, position of defensive and central midfielder. Uh, so it's Busquets and Rodri. Uh, they rotated fairly evenly with Koke, um, Koke making the odd appearance there. And this is the way it was too in the recent friendlies with uh, Busquets and Rodri each starting one one of the September friendlies and Koke starting the November friendly. So I, I'm, I'm beginning to see that November friendly as uh, slightly experimental, but uh, experimenting with players who, who uh, would be brought to the World Cup. So a few players, for example, playing out of position and the like. Uh, although Koke has played as the central midfielder before. I hasten to add. All right, let's move on to uh, left midfielders. And uh, we've moved a couple of players into this position. So before uh, I list the candidates, I will go and get those players. And uh, we're going to deal with Koke here as well as Pedri. So let me just fetch them from, um, uh, from below. So we have a definite candidate uh, Koke and likely candidate Pedri. 
and we will move them up to the left midfielder position. Uh, and the other candidate we have is seemingly off the squad, Mark Cucurella, who I believe plays as a left back for uh, Chelsea. Um, but here uh, he, he is coded as a uh, left midfielder. And uh, we don't need to talk about him because he wasn't selected even for the preliminary squad. So that leaves us with Koke, who was selected for the final squad as well as Petri, who was also selected. So uh, let's talk about the position, and you'll understand why I put them here to make the discussion easier. Actually, uh, if you imagine the 4-3-3, um, we're talking about the uh, middle line, the middle three on the left side there. So we, we talked about the center, where Koke sometimes turned up, but he turns up uh, here too. So, in fact, a variety of players uh, played in the position, making it kind of complex to summarize in the main podcast, but we will uh, focus on the September games here. Uh, the rotation of the main names continued um, in the recent friendlies with Pedri, uh, Pedri and Koke uh, each playing one of the September friendlies as left midfielder and Solar uh, taking the position in the November friendly. Solar, who we met, uh, did we? Uh, yes, we, who we met as a central midfielder uh, there. Uh, okay, so Solar uh, playing uh, left midfield as well as right midfield, so we left him uh, as a, under central midfielders. Let's move on to right midfielders, and um, it's similar. Oh, uh, we've got to do the candidate. So we have a definite candidate in Gavi, and a likely candidate in uh, Marcos Lorente, and a possible but unlikely candidate in Braz Mendes. And uh, Gavi did make the final squad. Uh, Marcos Lorente also selected, uh, uh, Braze Mendes uh, selected for the preliminary squad, but not making the cut to the final squad. So uh, two players here and uh, similar to the left side with, uh, uh, similar to the left side with three players sharing the position, Solar is one of them. So uh, more than most, he kind of jumps from the left to the right. Uh, the other two candidates here are the two we've mentioned, Gavi and Marcos Lorente. Uh, so we will um, come back and uh, predict the starter among those three. And we move on. Uh, okay, and then uh, in, the, in the main podcast, we uh, gave the reason why we changed things up a little bit for Spain, uh, uh, putting left wingers in the forward uh, part of the field. So again, it's all because of the 4-3-3. And uh, if you think about it, there is no left winger or right winger position uh, in that 4-3-3. So um, the, the position kind of translates to the right forward and left forward. So uh, if a winger is on the field, they'll usually be playing as the left or right forward. Um, Okay, so uh, we have the candidates here, uh, Mikel uh, Oyarzabal at the possible level, and then we have Brian Gilles at the, uh, at the possible but unlikely level. So again, these players are actually not used, but uh, there's a couple of notes on them. So Mikel Oyarzabal uh, made the preliminary squad, 
Uh, but he was an injury concern. He was out with a cruciate ligament injury since March. And uh, when we did the main podcast, he was expected back in mid-October. Uh, however, that injury has continued until the present. Uh, so he wasn't available for the World Cup. Still on the injury list, Mikel Oyarzabal. So not selected for the squad uh, despite being selected for the preliminary squad. Brian Gill was not selected even for the preliminary squad, but we do have a new candidate here, uh, a new player added in Ansu Fati. And um, we didn't cover him in the main podcast, so we'll give uh, a little information on him. Ansu Fati first appeared for Spain in uh, September 2020 and actually played uh, four games there and uh, was on the bench for one. Uh, but after that, by November 2020, he was out with injury, and that was a really long injury. Uh, it went on until for a whole year, and then he got a, a, another injury, a hamstring injury. Uh, so he didn't reappear on the national team until June 2022. Uh, and then uh, for three of those four Nations League games in June, he was on the bench. He didn't see any field time. He wasn't selected for the September games, but he was brought in for the uh, November game and actually started as a left forward there. So uh, Antu Fati um, uh, has, uh, well, five caps now since 2020 and one goal, and he is 20 years old and plays for Barcelona in Spain. Uh, so... Um, Let's move on to right-wingers then. And the first thing we're going to do is actually move uh, Ferran Torres from the right-winger role to the uh, left-forward role. And, uh, oh, we gotta we got to make that category on the graphic. But I'm going to divide, uh, I'm going to divide um, uh, players into left and right-forward for Spain. I should have done that in the previous uh, podcast as well. Uh, just to kind of help with the discussion because it's actually uh, uh, kind of tricky to uh, keep track of the Spanish players because they all move around the field uh, uh, so much. Okay, right-wingers, we have a um, possible candidate then, um, Jeremy Pino, and uh, seems to be off the squad, Adama Traore. Uh, and Adama Traore is off the squad, not not named even to the preliminary squad. Jeremy Pino was an injury at risk. Uh, he was out with an ankle injury in June, but he did return to action in late September, and he participated in the recent friendlies. So uh, now he is off the list, and he was selected for the final squad. And we also have a new candidate here, um, and that is uh, Nico Williams. So Nico Williams got his first cap in September 2022. Uh, and uh, he didn't start either of the remaining two games there. Uh, but he was subbed in for both matches. So uh, that gives him two caps since 2022. And he also is 20 years old. And he plays for Atletico Bilbao uh, in Spain. So um, our uh, a second new candidate there. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the position of uh, right wing and left wing. So um, uh, as I said before, the position is always, uh, uh, always kind of translates into left forward and right forward because of the 4-3-3 three, three 
formation that uh, they always use. And actually, I don't have any more to say uh, about it. What I want to say will actually come under the right forward position. So let's move on. And um, we will talk about attacking midfielders, but we've already talked about a few of these. So definite candidate uh, Koke, we covered uh, under uh, left midfielders. Um, and uh, definite candidate Pablo Sarab uh, Sarabia, we are going to move uh, to the left forward position here. Uh, so Pablo Sarabia, uh, a left forward primarily. Uh, we also have uh, Pedro, uh, the likely candidate Pedro, but we're going to move him to uh, left. Oh, oh, we already talked about him under left midfielder. And uh, Marco Asenio will keep here as an attacking midfielder, but you should know that recently he's been playing as a center forward. So again, uh, kind of tricky to organize the Spanish team here. Uh, so we have Marcus, uh, Marco Asenio as a possible candidate, and we have Pablo Fornells and Brahim Diaz as possible but unlikely. And uh, we have uh, Sergio Canales, uh, Sergio Canales, who seems to be off the squad. And all three of those players were not selected even for the preliminary squad. So we will remove uh, Pablo Fornells, Brahim Diaz, and Sergio Canales from the list. Uh, and that, that has reduced our long list to simply Marco uh, Asenio, who is selected for the uh, final squad. Uh, okay, and then uh, a summary of this position, basically it doesn't exist in a 4-3-3. So uh, as you see by our moving of players around, uh, players who are coded as attacking midfielder may play in the central midfield or may play as one of the outside forwards or even as the center forward as uh, Marco Asensio does, as we'll soon see. Okay, let's move on to the left forward position. And uh, we have to make a few changes here. Actually, I uh, mistakenly put Tor Fer uh, Ferran Torres as a left forward, uh, but should have put him as a right forward. Um, and we're also going to move uh, the candidate listed as a forward, Danny Olmo. Uh, we're going to move him to uh, left uh, forward here. So that leaves us with two candidates. Uh, uh, two definite candidates for left forward, that's Danny Olmo and Pablo Sarabia. And uh, we can say that both of those uh, were selected for the final squad. So we'll highlight them in uh, green. And let us summarize the position then. So yes, uh, uh, to June 22, uh, it was usually uh, Sarabia or, uh, or Olmo. Um, but I'm cleaning that up quite a bit, actually, because a lot of players have stepped in. Uh, for example, it was different players in all five games of World Cup qualifying. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's quite confusing. That's why I'm doing all of this moving around to try to make it uh, kind of um, to try to make it more understandable. Uh, in September, in the September friendlies, it was Sarabia. Uh, in both of the September, uh, sorry, Nations League games, I should say. And in November, it was Ansu Fati, the new uh, candidate that we saw. And uh, Sarabia uh, did start that November game, but he moved over to the right forward position. So uh, Danny Olmo uh, 
had returned from injury in November and was called up to the squad, but was used as just a substitute there. So again, we'll see if that changes our view on the starter. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. Moving over to right forwards, uh, we have just uh, Ferran Torres here, and he did make the squad. And so I'll describe the position over there. Um, the, this position is more consistently uh, Ferran Torres, although Sarabia comes over here uh, as well to replace him. So um, uh, it was Ferran Torres in both of the September friendlies and as we saw Pablo Sarabia, uh, Pablo Sarabia in the November friendly. So that's what we can kind of expect in the cup. I would say, you know, something like two-thirds of the time Torres starting it and one-third Sarabia. Uh, but again, we'll talk about uh, starters at the end, and we'll move on to our final category, the forwards. And we have a definite candidate in Alvaro Morata. Uh, we move Danny Olmo. Uh, so we have a possible candidate in Raul de Thomas, uh, but uh, actually already in the previous podcast, um, we talked about why he was off the squad. So I'll move him to uh, uh, off the squad or seemingly off the squad. Uh, we do have Rodrigo Moreno in a possible but unlikely category. And then uh, two other players who seem to be off the squad, Gerard Moreno and Abel Ruiz. Uh, so let's go through and see who made it. Uh, Morata, Alvaro Morata was selected for the final squad. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, Rodrigo Moreno uh, made the preliminary squad, but not the final squad. Same with uh, Gerard uh, uh, Moreno. And uh, Abel Ruiz uh, was not selected for either. Uh, was not selected for the preliminary squad even. And uh, Raul de Thomas, we told his story in the full podcast, uh, basically uh, is, is, is banned from playing for his club uh for his club, and we think that's the reason why he couldn't be selected for the national team, uh, because he wouldn't be playing any any club games uh, uh, to keep fit, basically. However, we do have one source that listed him as ineligible, uh, but we didn't think he. We don't think ourselves that he was ineligible, just that uh, the manager wouldn't choose a player who was not with a team. Uh, was not playing for a team regularly. So Raul de Thomas off the squad. And there we have our list of uh, of players who made the squad. So we'll come back to that uh, when we go through the players who we think are going to start. And meanwhile, we'll look at uh, some of the stats on these 26 players. So we, uh, we did that in the previous podcast, but that was for a larger group of players, uh, including some of the ones that didn't make it here. And so for this squad, we can say the average age is 25.3, which makes them one of the youngest squads um, uh, in the World Cup here. The average is 27. So we're finding uh, the uh, the teams at this World Cup a bit o older than previous World Cups, but uh, not Spain. They are 25.3, and the next youngest is 25.6. Uh, Ecuador. Oh, wait, USA actually beat Spain uh, with 25.2. So uh, anyway, all three of those uh, are quite young uh, compared to other teams. Um, 
we'll take a closer look at that. Uh, we have um, three players who are 33 years old or older. And we have, uh, uh, oh, quite a few. Uh, this is why they're so young. So two, four, six, eight, nine players who are 22 or younger. So we'll just look at some of these key players here. So the older ones, uh, 33 or older, are Sergio Busquets, Cesar Azpilicueta, and Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba is 33, and the next player after that is 30 years old. So uh, just those three uh, kind of at the upper end. And then, uh, wow, just a huge list. I'll just name the main players who are kind of starters. Uh, Ferran Torres is 22. Uh, Pedri is 19 and Gabi is 18. Uh, those are among the, the many players they have, 22 or younger. So this kind of bodes well for the future for Spain uh, as well as for the present because uh, some of those players uh, are, are starters or kind of rotating starters. Uh, average caps on the team, we would expect to be lower because the uh, average age is lower and it is 28.2 and the average caps among uh, the teams in the cup uh, that i've done so far so that's about uh two-thirds of the team uh is 34.2 so yeah it's a little less experienced than uh, most teams uh their total number of goals and this really took me by surprise uh 79 so we would expect it to be uh, a bit less, given that they have fewer overall caps, but this is quite a bit less. The average is 119. So this is actually, uh, uh, there are a couple of teams in this range, but their teams uh, kind of known to have scoring difficulties. So Australia, Japan, uh, uh, teams of that uh, kind. Um, so a bit of a concern there. The, the average... Um, the uh, total goals per cap is um, 10.8. So uh, not as low as some teams, because, uh, and that's because they have uh, fewer caps there, 10.8. Uh, but the average is 13.5. Uh, so this is just kind of a measure of how much the team scores. And uh, there are several teams around uh, uh, around. Uh, uh, 10 or to 11 uh, but again they tend to be kind of uh, teams that are known to struggle for goals so I don't particularly see uh, Spain as a team that struggles for goals but um, uh, you know the, the, the data is speaking here let's take a closer look at it uh, at their goal scorers so we do have uh, Alvaro Morato with 27 goals in 57 games uh, that's 47%. And Perrin Torres with 13 goals in 31 games, that's 41%. Uh, you know, 40% is, is very good for uh, any player, even for a forward. Uh, Pablo Sarabia has 36%. And we won't count down to Fati because he has too few caps. We generally need uh, 20 caps to make this a valid statistic. So uh, they are getting their goals from... From, uh, from their forwards, so that uh, doesn't really seem to be a concern. Um, you know, and as I said, I don't generally uh, worry about Spain uh, in terms of goals. So I think this is really just a factor of having so many uh, very young players. So uh, a lot of those young players have uh, ha do have a goal, 
and it'd be like a goal in three caps or two goals in five caps, for example. Uh, so, yes, I, I think this may be much ado about nothing and uh, that the, the goals statistics are just not uh, uh, not looking good in their favour. Anyway, something to keep an eye on whether Spain does have a scoring problem or not. It never strikes me that they do, or it doesn't strike me that they do. Okay, let's move on to some summaries then. And uh, we have, first of all, notable non-selections. So we're just going to go by names here, unless we didn't talk about them above. But in most cases, we did. Uh, we have David De Gea. Uh, I add him to the list for the sake of other people, because we had him as possible, but unlikely. But, you know, when I read articles on Spain, there was a lot of uh, hands being thrown up in the air about David De Gea not being selected. But perhaps they didn't know that he had been kind of drifting off the squad uh, ever since the Euro 2020, or even before, arguably. Uh, however, we are legitimately surprised by Inigo Martinez uh, not being selected. We had him as a likely candidate. And also Marcos Alonso. Uh, uh, his non-selection. Um, as far as surprise inclusions go, we don't really have any surprises. This is usually kind of players uh, coming in from the cold. They played for the team in the past, were off the team for a while and are now coming back on. Uh, none of those. Uh, the only, the closest thing we have to that is some new candidates. So we have uh, three new candidates which were introduced in the podcast. And uh, those were Nico Williams, the uh, right winger. Uh, sorry, I'm just adjusting the graphics here. Nico Williams, um, the right winger. Ansu Fati, the left winger. And uh, Alejandro Balde uh, uh, there also. So um, let's move to injuries. Uh, so updates on injuries. So we have four categories here. The first one is players who have recovered from injuries. So uh, first one is Emmerich Laporte, and I don't think I talked about him uh, above, so I'll cover it here. He had knee surgery over the summer and was out for the September games. However, he returned in early October as expected and uh, has been playing since he played in the November friendly for Spain. So he is back in action. We have uh, Jeremy Pino. And again, I don't think I said above. So he was out with an ankle injury, but he returned to action in late September. And he participated in the September and November games. And uh, finally, we have Pedri. And again, I didn't mention this. He was out with a hamstring injury for the June games, but he returned to action in September. So no problems for any of those three players. Next category is injury doubts. Uh, that is players that they brought to the tournament with an injury in hopes that they would recover, but there are no players uh, on Spain in that situation. Uh, next is players dropped due to injury. And we really don't have any big players, and we wonder whether these players would have been selected anyway. But anyway, Mikel Oyarzabal uh, is in this category. Uh, Brian Gilles. So uh, Mikel Orzabal we had as a possible candidate. Brian Gill we had as possible but unlikely. And uh, Jose Luis Gea uh, is probably actually the, the player 
uh, we should put here because he was selected for the squad and then uh, was replaced, actually got injured in training uh, with Spain for the World Cup. So Jose Luis Gea. Okay, and uh, finally we have uh, players who were injured but not strong candidates. So I probably should have put Brian Gill uh, in this category. Uh, so I'll actually move him because uh, he was possible but not likely. We also have Sergio Reguillon, um, who seemed to actually recover from his injury. Uh, so technically it should be, uh, it should be just a non-selection rather than uh, not selected due to injury. Um, and then we have Sergi Roberto, who uh, was, uh, we considered a possible candidate. Uh, uh, same with Sergio Reguillon, uh, we considered him possible, uh, but uh, not really huge losses for Spain there. Okay, let's move on finally, or second last, to predicted starters. So, um, we just have to repopulate the list there. So, boop, there it is. And um, that's our list from above uh, with uh, the highlights cleaned out. So, uh, the highlights now will mean whether we think they are starters. And yellow, uh, yellow means either we think it's a rotating starter or we're not sure and uh, that player is a possible starter. So, let's begin with that. Well, Louis Henrique, the... The manager, uh, we'll call him the starter. Let's talk uh, uh, or mention the candidates first. So goalkeepers, we have Unai Simon and Robert Sanchez and uh, David Rea. And uh, we had nominated Samson, uh, Simon as the starter uh, in the previous podcast. And that was reaffirmed by his starting both friendlies. So we think they were giving uh, the November friendly start to Robert Sanchez just as a kind of a backup keeper, uh, just a bit of practice. Uh, so we, we are still firm on Unai Simon as the starting keeper. Central defenders, we have Pau Torres, Eric Garcia, and Emmerich Laporte. So we had uh, actually nominated Laporte as a starter if he was fit. And, um, you know, uh, one of several players uh, as his partner, uh, to our surprise, not many players uh, were chosen for central uh, defence. So uh, we're not sure since Laporte uh, played left back in the November friendly, uh, despite being back since early October. Um, so uh, Pau Torres was used in all recent friendlies, though. So we favour him and, in fact, are ready to nominate him as a starter. Uh, I'm still tempted to pick Laporte as his partner. Um but if not, uh, Garcia is in line and we just don't have evidence for it. So obviously it'll be one of those two, uh, but we lost a bit of faith that it would be Emmerich Laporte. Okay, let's move on to left backs. And we have uh, Jordi Alba and uh, Alejandro Balde uh, brought in there to uh, to replace um, Jose Gea. Um, yes, uh, in this case, we had uh, predicted... Uh, that it might be a shared position between Alba and uh, Alonso, Marcus Alonso, uh, because they had been sharing the position for quite a while. But obviously we were wrong about Alonso. Uh, Gea uh, seems to have been the intended backup, but then uh, his recent injury, um, uh, recent injury 
so I wonder if um, if Laporte, uh, who started as left back in the November friendly, is intended as backup. But uh, Laporte already uh, quite busy with his central midfield duties. Anyway, we are going to name Jordi Alba as the starter, uh, kind of by default there. In the right back position, we had predicted a rotation as the start uh, as the starter uh, and we're going to stick with that as they seem to uh, share equally so a rotation between cesar azpilicueta and danny carvajal and uh, we're going to stick with that as i say um because we can't really determine a starter perhaps we give uh, carvajal the edge uh, because he started the november friendly uh, but again one of them had to so we're not really sure uh, which one between them. Let's move on to the midfield and uh, we have um, defensive midfielders uh, Sergi Busquets and Rodri and we also have uh, Hugo Guillamon and uh, among those we again see a, a rotation um, between Sergi Busquets and Rodri. My, my sensibilities kind of favor uh, Sergi Busquets although there's uh, you know, no uh, kind of evidence for it. Um, but, um, yeah, so we have to kind of name them both as uh, starters there. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, kind of rotating starters, or else we're not really sure uh, who will start in the position. Uh, so Sergio Busquets and Rodri. Uh, moving on to central uh, midfielders, uh, Carlos Soler. Uh, we have, and uh, we do think he is going to be a starter. Um, uh, it could be in a couple of positions, though. Uh, sorry, I've lost my spot in the thing. Yes. Uh, um, uh, initially, though, we hadn't nominated a starter because the rotation, um, the rotation among um, the players was too confusing. That's why we kind of changed it up in this podcast to try to make it more uh, understandable. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm still not sure about Solar, but um, because he does play more, more than one position, uh, we think he'll start. And honestly, with Spain, I think there are very few players who will start all the games. I think they will rotate. So, honestly, when we say starters here, we're kind of thinking like two-thirds of the time or so. Uh, okay, let's move to left midfielders. So uh, we hadn't nominated a starter here again because the rotation, uh, there was too much rotation of the position. Uh, we did kind of narrow that down to Solar, Pedri, and Koke. And, uh, but we can't guess beyond that. We just think it'll be among those three. So I think we'll just highlight them in, uh, in yellow. Uh, there, although I, uh, wow, it's hard to see these players not starting though. Okay, uh, on the right midfield, uh, we have uh, Gavi, Lorente, and also Solar, which is why we put Solar in green. And uh, I don't think Marcus Lorente starts as much. So I'm going to highlight Gavi in yellow as a possible starter. So uh, among the five of them, we have Solar as a starter. Koke, Pedri, and Kavi as uh, as possible starters or rotating starters. And that's how we kind of worked all that out. Okay, let's move on to um, left forwards. No, uh, 
sorry, yeah, left wingers. And here we have uh, Ansu Fati. Uh, we don't consider him a starter. And same on the right side, Jeremy Pino. Uh, we don't consider him a starter, nor the new candidate, Nico Williams. So let's move on to attacking midfielder, uh, Marco Asensio. And uh, we do consider him, no, we don't consider him a starter, but we do consider him a possible starter. Uh, a, because he's played in a couple of positions, and B, because he started two of the most recent friendlies as a centre forward. So um, we kind of see him as the backup centre forward now. So we think he'll get some starts. Uh, left forwards, we have Danny Olmo and Pablo Sarabia. So um, we uh, nominated Sarabia as a starter. And the reason for that is kind of like uh, Solar in the midfield. He starts in more than one position. So not necessarily a starter as a left forward. Um, but uh, uh, perhaps as a right forward. Uh, Danny Olmo is returning from injury, so we don't think he'll start the first game, but we do think he'll get some starts. So we'll put him as a kind of a possible or sometimes starter. On the right side, though, we have more confidence in uh, Ferran Torres starting, or at least uh, starting enough games to call him a starter. And uh, on the forward position, Alvaro Morato, uh, we had nominated Morato as a starter. And, uh, you know, it does disturb us a little bit that he only started one of the three uh, recent friendlies. That was the second September game. I keep calling them friendlies. Sorry, the September games were Nations League games. Anyway, he did start one of the three and uh, Asensio started the other two. But that doesn't really shake our confidence that Morato is the starting centre-forward, uh, uh, recognising that uh, he probably won't start every game. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of our predictions uh, on the players. And uh, we uh, end with some closing thoughts. And rather than repeating the long conversation we had in the team's podcast about their prospects, we uh, focus on this question, does the selection change our opinion about their chances? No. They have a few injuries, uh, uh, but those are generally injuries to players, uh, to, to not really to crucial players. So uh, their most important players uh, uh, remain and really uh, very little has changed. I got to say, I'm a little bit about, uh, concerned about three central defenders. I wonder... Uh, if, if that could be kind of an Achilles heel here, uh, especially, you know, if one of them gets injured. And uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't really see um, a lot of backup there because, uh, you know, right backs and left backs starting as central defenders, it's a bit of a different, uh, uh, a bit of a different position. Perhaps the defensive midfielders uh, acting as backups. But that's a kind of a minor concern. They, they are rich in talent, and uh, we think they will go well beyond the the uh, preliminary round. They're not quite the dynasty that Spain was in the early part of the last decade, uh, but we do think they're a very strong team, and uh, we see them going, uh, you know, to about the semifinals uh, or so. So, uh, okay, so yes, basically the answer is no. Uh, nothing here really changed our opinion about Spain. All right, well, that brings us to the end of this media cast. Um, and I'll just say keep an eye on us at Soccer Files uh, Canada. 
Um, and uh, we have a website at soccerfiles.captivate.fm, but you can begin your navigation if you want more uh, through the show notes or the playlists that you will find on YouTube for us. And uh, we hope to see you in our next media cab. Bye-bye. <laughs>